What's up, world? You are now listening to another episode of the Power Post Game Report, where we are here to talk all things power. We're here to talk season two, book four, episode nine, No Loose Ends of Force. I, of course, am one half of your host, Triple D, and with me as always is... It's Carlos D. How you doing, sir? Can't complain, man. Another day, another week. Another Coming episode. down to the finish line. Yeah, only one episode to go. We made it through another season. This is our... Trying to count, we okay. We did three Tariqs. Did we do mm-hmm. all the Tariqs? Uh, yeah. And we started yeah. the last season of Ghost. Mm-hmm. Or did we do more than one? Uh, not Ghost, uh, the original part. We did more than one or just the last season? I can even remember. I think we just did the last season. I, I haven't scrolled back far enough. I, I know for a fact, because like I said um, last week, I recently, every now and then, I'll go back and listen to them. And um, sure enough, I want to say I started over that very first season and i feel like in our first episode we we were talking about how how fitting it is that our first recap episode is going to be of the last season um so i want to say we started with the end of uh of book one all right so that's one season three seasons it's four a full season of power so this is our six seasons six seasons of recaps indeed time is flying yeah, that it is. And this this season has also been flying. Uh, we're here to talk, like I said, episode nine, loose ends. We got one more to go. Um, your thoughts heading into this episode after our week break? Um, I, mean, I never have any thoughts. Like I said, this season been up and down for me all year. I've only really, really, really enjoyed one episode. Um, and it was episode I think seven. I think I said it was. Um, uh, so the rest of it has just been like a decent season. Um, and I'm just wanting them to be like just strong to close it out to really get me engaged for the the next season. What about you? Uh, I was, I don't. This was the first time that after the the week break, I I kind of wasn't super excited. Um, as I have been in the past, but and I think it it, it all kind of came full circle. Like I said, I've been listening to old episodes and. I think subconsciously I kind of saw what was coming and uh, we talked about it in a couple of past episodes that they, they have a tendency to take a break after, after episode eight. And just from listening to us firsthand, it, we, I think we've had this consensus that they, even in the episodes that we didn't cover in previous seasons of book one, they tend to fall, not necessarily fall flat, but they tend to not live up to the hype on episode nine. And if I got to be honest, for this to be an episode nine and we got one more episode left, this one didn't move me that much. There was a lot going on. I'm not going to say it was a terrible episode, but by the end of it, I just kind of felt like this could have been episode five. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if this is the, their their personal show curse of the uh, the week off break. But yeah, I by the end of it. And you know, I I I don't know. You you'll. I I don't know. I I just kind of felt like. And even from the the preview of next next week's episode, well, at this point, this week, I'm not excited. I I don't know where it can go. Which in most cases is kind of a good thing. You should be excited because you have no idea what's going. But like, I don't have any like. 
like I can't wait to watch this and see what what goes down. It's just like some of these things, and they still have pacing issues. Some of the decisions that were made is just like it just feels like that you know we're just gonna we're gonna wrap a season up and wait for the next one with with this writer. Excuse me, the writer strike is good, uh, um, but they you know they still got to make up for lost time, and the actors are still on strike. So I don't want to be that guy. We might not get force until 2025, um, which is, you know, just being I'm just being honest with the way these strikes kind of pushed everybody's stuff back. I wouldn't be shocked if we didn't get force until 2025, um, possibly the same with with ghosts, but we'll see. Uh, but all that being said, a lot happened. A lot happened. And uh, are you ready to dive in? Yeah, man, let's go. Let's get it. So episode picks off with the disposal of the positive PO. Um, and they're pretty much just figuring out this snitch problem. Um, Tommy has assured that this body will never be found. So uh, mental note when season four comes around and that body's found. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but they're, they, you know, Tommy drops the news and like, yeah, we get someone snitching. Um, there's there's a Fed case on us, and you know they got inside info. Uh, Tommy's pick is Jannard, mm-hmm. to which Diamond Diamond's like, he, he he may be a lot of things, which in the course of these these past two seasons, Jannard has definitely been a lot of things. But he's he's not a snitch. He's too solid to be a snitch. To where. Diamonds picked his Vic uh, because he's been kind of the last man in to a degree and which Tommy's like nah you know he's he's killed his own father and he's he's a little bit broken but he ain't no snitch unfortunately he's wrong how'd you feel about our opening uh yeah I mean I, I, I think pretty much something pretty well the only thing I was thinking, thinking about the scene is like how did they just finish digging that body and still not be dirty at all they were still pretty they, their clothes was too clean and I think that's what I'm starting to like notice about this show. I'm just nitpicking like the randomest things because I can't be really engaged with the show. So I like worry about things that are like out of place. And I was like, they are so clean for have just been digging holes. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we, we get the point. Um, and of course, we as the viewers know that Vicky is a snitch. But I still don't understand Tommy's um, commitment to Vic. Like Vic was literally his enemy. Didn't really do much to change up the fact of that he killed his father. And he does not like he killed his father for Tommy. He just killed his father about his own personal thing. Um, so for Tommy to be like so gung-ho that Vic is not the bad guy, uh, or about the snitch, it, it, it is odd to me. Um, and like Diamond said, Diamond's making perfect sense. Yeah, Jamal has tried to do a lot of bad stuff to us and we had our beefs, but he ain't no snitch. He's too committed to this game. He put his too much into it. Um, so he's making, you know, rational sense. But that, I mean, that, that was it. We, we, we just got them like trying to figure out who was this. And that was kind of like the running thing throughout the rest of this ep- uh, episode. Them trying to figure out ways to s- snuff this snitch out um, through a bunch of different methods. I think if I had to put my finger on it, I think he he has a tiny soft spot for for uh, Vic. All because like he he sees a little bit of some parallels between the two of them. Um, they both had a thing for glow. Um, Tommy's aware that what happened to Glow was was completely was really really messed up, um, and the fact that they both had to kill their fathers, 
because of the life. Um, now, is it enough for him to completely turn off Vic? I don't think so, but I think in the moment, and plus he's been, you know, they've been kind of hanging out, they've been roll, handling business together and slightly bonding. Um, <laughs> plus, <laughs> Vic's the only other white dude Tommy knows. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it, I think he just has a, a small, like, small camaraderie with Vic, which I think it it makes the the discovery at the end hurt a little bit more um, for him, I should say. Uh, but yeah, from there we get a really quick scene. Marx is pushing for an arrest. Um, the only thing I really cared about this was that um, detective husband or boyfriend or whatever they are, situationship. Um, he pushes back like, look, you're, you know, I've said it before and I've said it again. You're doing entirely too much. Um, you clearly don't care what this case is doing to our relationship. Uh, so, so be it. If, if you're going to do it fine, but you're going to do it by the book. So it's like, that was the only, you know, you know, the only thing I, I took from it was that like, okay, not that we should, not that I care about these two. At least he's like trying to keep her, uh, somewhat official. Um, anything on that? Yeah, I think you, you summed it up pretty well. We've seen in this show a history of even the so-called good guys taking shortcuts. And it was good to see one of them finally stand up and say, no, we're going to do it. We got to do it right. And if you try to make me do it the wrong way, I'm telling them the truth. Um, and we haven't seen that all the time from, you know, the so-called good guys in these shows. So it was, it was, it was cool to see somebody with some integrity from the law enforcement community. All right. So from there, we get a really quick, but I appreciated this scene. We got Jannard being a good brother to Diamond, seeing that he's he's really going through it. Um, and, you know, Jannard is, even even when he got back into the fold, he's still kind of like, what kind of, you know, jab Diamond here and there, but, like, he, he sees the pain he's in over Leon um, because, again, he understands that, like, the life is the life, but Leon wasn't innocent. Like he had nothing to do with, you know, and the life didn't kill him. Um, a tough guy with a weak ego killed him. And he sees what that's doing to him, which is like, and I, I appreciate them having that moment where Jannard's like, hey, man, like, I'm your brother and I got you. Um, to which uh, Diamond's like, you know, I appreciate that. Uh, but I need you to find out who killed him. Mm-hmm. And he, he puts him on the on the task. How did you feel about that? And uh, we'll go from these siblings to the other siblings. Nah, man, it was, it was a great scene. Um, just what you just said, you know, regardless of what their past history is, they still brothers. They still love each other. And that's why I was like sad when they were like on different sides of the battle. And I'm glad to see they are back together. Um, but sometimes it's bigger than anything else. I, I, regardless of what he's saying, and this is what you got to do sometimes with your friends, regardless of what they say, you got to go about what their real actions are. So they can say, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, all they want to. But if you know them, you know when they're not really fine. And it was good as you're not like, hey, regardless of anything else, you're my brother, I love you, and I support you. Um, and if you need anything, I'm here for it. And unfortunately, I don't think Diamond's ready to fully cope with that, but he at least did ask for some help and that's finding this guy um, who took Leon out. Why don't you talk about the other brother and sibling, brother and sister, uh, the, the other siblings, I should say. 
Um, and I'm trying to remember what happened in this. The, the, the weirdest thing I remember is this one is this one. Uh, Miguel is in there with his non, his oh, nana, his grandma, and um, his Maria. sister, and the yeah. grandma and them are talking about his plan to take all this out. Um, and then I guess this is what she overhears. Oh, she doesn't overhear because he he flat out says it, but not knowing that she's Tommy's girl. But he says no. Um, I got a plan now, and his plan is to separate Tommy and Diamond from each other. Uh, so he can merge Insane Princess and um, CBI, and he'll and he'll go back to being the top dog. Um, and the weirdest thing about the brother sister part of it was like, I have a sister, and it's nothing against families. Like we we are not the most affectionate family, but when he was like, come back and give your brother a kiss, that was so weird to me. Uh, and maybe it's because I'm just not from a family that we like. I don't kiss my sister, um, even like on the cheek. I just thought that was really bizarre. He was like, no kiss for you. I'm like, it's something you do like when your girlfriend or something is leaving a room and she forgot to give you some sugar or something like that. And you're like, hey, you forgot my, you know what I'm saying? Um, but other than that, that's, that, that was the gist of the scene. Uh, basically, Tommy has a mole inside the operation that Miguel does not even know about. And it's his own sister, um, you know, which might not be in his best interest that he doesn't even know about it. What did you think of the scene? I, um, I thought it was interesting that you know that they they kind of seem to be on a a seemingly better uh path and or connection than when they where they were before the quinceanera um i did see what you were talking about i had it planned uh she just kind of kisses him on the head um no it's not it's not it's not the kiss but itself. i feel it's you no no i hear him you. asking I feel you. like yeah, you yeah, yeah. without my kiss like yeah 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 for sure <laughs> that's for weird. sure because I, I felt i kind of felt the same way too like like maybe like a hug or something like that, I would have understood. But like, no kiss for your brother, um, because I feel like every other time we've seen him there, she's usually storming out on him. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know, maybe, maybe he, that was his way of saying like, are we good? But like, or if we're good, you know. But it, yeah, I feel you. It was definitely a little awkward. Um, but to add to that, like, I just thought it was wild how. Uh, and I'm an only child, but like even still, she made her choice in that moment. <clears throat> and you know, it, it, she she further makes it when she meets up with him later. Uh, but yeah, uh, interesting scene to say the less. Um, so we get a new cartel player. Um, I forgot what the name of their cartel is, but um, he's meeting with Mirkovich and. Ever the ambitious one, Claudia, uh, inserts herself. And this is one of those times where this is because Claudia had a, a has a history of doing this, where she inserts herself into things that she doesn't need to just yet. And this one bit her, came back to bite her immediately. Um, she she inserts herself into this deal. Um, she makes herself, she props herself up as a, as a big moving part. And Mirkovich <clears throat> feeling, feeling burned. like, all right, cool. Just, you know, don't forget, I'm the muscle of this. So if you don't come through with the money for this first payment, not only am I not going to protect you anymore, I'm going to let him do whatever he wants to you. And she immediately is like, oh, shit, I, I clearly I clearly got ahead of myself. Um, how did you feel about that and her her, you know, her ambition again, just making her do a little bit too much too fast? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I, I feel like, you know, we know that she has an issue, but I think it's something that's probably in her best interest, too. Because um, if she doesn't, she'll just end up being in the background again. And that's not her want or her goal. Um, so sometimes you got to leap out there when you're trying to make your mark. Um, so I, I'm not, I'm not going to be mad at her for, like, doing that. Uh, she, she saw an opportunity to do it, um, and she took her shot. And then also, this helps her. Um, even though, you know, it looks like it's bad right now, it helps her in the long run because... How long, how long is she made to live under this Serb threat? Um, cause he's constantly thrown in her face. We're gonna pull the protection. We're gonna pull the protection. And she, and, and like they go out through the rest of this episode, if she gets in tight with the cartel, uh, similar to how everybody else who's, who has cartel dealings is, is fine, that'll be enough to get her through it. Um, so she may be kind of taking herself away from the Serbs long term because she sees where they're going as well. Um, anybody who was probably involved in that street life in Chicago knows the Serbs are, not the players they used to be. Um, so she's trying to find a way to make herself a little bit more stronger. So I can't help, I can't fault her for that. Um, would it blow up in her face? More than likely, because it always blows up in Claudia's face. But at some point, you gotta, you gotta take a shot. So she took hers and, you know, we'll see how it turns out. All right. So from there, we get a scene. It's not a super impactful scene, but this is pretty much Tommy setting up his, his snitch trap. He switches out all the burner phones. Um, the goal here is that one of them is going to make contact with or come too close in co- in in proximity to a um, a fed facility and their lawyer buddy is going to pull the records and they're going to match it to whoever got that phone. Um, and that's how they're going to find out who who's who the snitch is. Mm-hmm. Um the only other thing from this scene that I took, because it's pretty straightforward, um, is that Marshall seems to have ranked up. He, you know, he's, granted he's just passing out phones, but he went from street knuckled head who couldn't really get in to pretty much taking orders from Tommy directly. Um, even though he's, a, you know, he's kind of on task task duty. Um, I thought this was interesting. Uh, how did you feel about that scene? Yeah, I, I didn't even know, notice Marshall was in it, to be honest with you. Uh, Marshall, I, 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 the thing about Marshall is Marshall's on, on another show called The Shy that's also takes place in Chicago, uh, Chicago, where he plays a much more impactful character. So whenever I see him, I only think about his role on the other TV show. Cause, and it's like, it's not an old TV show. It's like going on currently. He has a, another show on a different network that also takes place in Chicago where he's much more prominently involved. Um, so I didn't even honestly notice him on this show. Um, I didn't really notice Marshall again until the, the latest thing with DMAC. Um, but yeah, good for Marshall. Um, uh, but like I said, the rest of the scene was pretty straightforward. They're trying to figure out who the snitch is. Um, they're also trying to keep, not only find out who the snitch is, but also keep the test for off their back. Um, so this is a part of the process you have to do. I don't understand why they don't, um, okay, we have these business burner phones. Cause you're not saying, well, I gotta change my phone up every day. Dog, use your regular phone all you want to. You can have a regular phone as long as you're not talking criminal business on it. Right. And then, then use the burner phone for just business. You shouldn't be using your burner phone for personal, your personal life anyway. Um, so that's dumb on their part. Um, but yeah, it was a quick, straightforward scene. But I gotta start paying attention for Marshall more often. I think they just needed him to have a, uh, something to say. One liner in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, why would, why would, um, Shanti, I mean, and Shanti's not only in the life, but she's in this, this organization why wouldn't she get a boner burner as well why wouldn't she have your personal so you know yeah but um <clears throat> we get marks being marks 
heavy-handed as always, she somehow gets a warrant to bug Tommy's loft, um, which everyone in the room, even, well, with the exception of the detective, is like, yeah, this is too much. Like, well, not necessarily too much. Like, okay, cool, but here's the problem. He's got more security than a bank at this point. Like, I don't know when Tommy had time to hire a contractor to set up the security system. Uh, um, and, you know, and I'll slightly jump ahead. He's even got like a command center in the loft later mm-hmm. with screens and stuff. I don't know when he had time to do that, but he got it. Hey, we got a lot of um, money. Money can get you a lot of access to a lot of things quickly. This is true. But they're like, okay, cool. We have a warrant, but we need time to figure out how we're going to get that in. But, you know, TV law enforcement. Nope. I want that done immediately. We'll use Vic. And I was surprised that the detective was the one that came up with that. I was like, dude, you were just talking about how you need how y'all need to take the foot off the gas a little bit. And now you're using your already spooked CI mm-hmm. to do it. So, like, now, you know, we're just asking for it at this point. What did you uh, what did you think? Oh, yeah, I mean, I think you pretty much summed it up pretty well. She's still being heavy handed. She's still overly relying on Vic. Um, it's like she wants him to get caught the way she keeps putting these crazy pressures on him. And I get it. She got to get results. And Vic is there inside man or has the most access to him. But you can have him doing these things, especially when it was just like a week ago that he almost got busted with the um, the other wire. Uh, and a so, tracker. And a tracker. So, yeah, she needs to chill, but she'll air her vocabulary. Uh, but at least she's doing it by the book. Um, yeah. And if nothing else, she's trying to do it the right way. Um, ultimately, of course, we know it doesn't, it doesn't seem to work out because, uh, you know, how the show ends, um, this episode is, that means, but, uh, at least she's trying. So I'll give Mark's credit for that. Um, because before I'm surprised she wouldn't have just like did something crazy, but she's trying to do it the most reasonable way, even though I don't think it's the smartest way. So why don't you talk about Leon's memorial and Diamond going to check up on Gianna? Yeah, I don't know why I can't remember this lady's name, but um, you know, the hood is sad. One of their bright uh, young minds is gone, and Diamond. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm Diamond, I gotta leave this lady alone. I'm not gonna keep checking her. I'm not gonna keep coming to her house, and I'm damn no sh- not sure. Damn sure not gonna bring some. Even though it was Leon stuff, some old shoes and an old comic book. Because what is she gonna do with this stuff? Um, but. He goes, I guess, in the effort of just kind of checking on her and also returning this property that maybe she, maybe I'm, you know, if I was a mom who lost a child, I might care more about it. Um, she gets it. Um, they're having a little discussion. And of course, here comes crazy dad. And that's why I said I'm still confused about their relationship because he's in there. She says they're not together, but he seems to live there. Um, it, it, so I, I'm not sure what their relationship is, but of course, they get into a back and forth. And he basically tells on um, himself that he's the one that had the PO um, hip to the game, hip to Diamond's status and what Diamond's is up to. Um, and that, that that opens up another, I guess, person to get revenge on for Diamond. Because he switched from not only trying to get um, the kid who killed Leon, but now he also wants to get his get back at Leon's dad uh, for his involvement with the actual PO. So what did you think of the quick scene, um, their involvement? Um, <clears throat> I think I'm not going to say he kept checking on. I think he just wanted to 
get offer his his true condolences and apologize for not for not being able to save Leon um and just you know because we we saw how how things ended initially which you know you can't argue with that you can't argue with her emotion in the moment and i think this was his moment you know his time. i don't think he was trying to like get at her anymore i think you know cuz i'm pretty sure once leon went down like he knew that was a wrap but i still felt like i'm i'm assuming he probably felt like he still owed her some some sort of words mm-hmm. um just you know some sympathies right. uh, condolences which is fair um and he didn't know what to say he was trying to get the words out um now his his dad being there i'm i'm fairly confident he he used leon's death to slide back in there because he is his father um you know he i he and he seems like the dirt ball type i'm i'm a thousand percent sure he you know he he used the fact that she needed comforting and the fact that they they shared that son as a way to kind of weasel his way back in um and it, you know given her her state and what what she what they both lost i'm pretty sure they were you know he it was it was easy as pie for him to slide back in there um i think yeah i think diamond was just trying to offer not necessarily closure but just his genuine his genuine prayers and, and condolences and concerns um which he didn't get to obviously in the moment so um I'm going to assume that this is this is probably the last we'll see of her for sure. Um, so from there, uh, we get we get the the, the big question. Uh, Maria shows up and drops Keisha's name, and Tommy handles it surprisingly well uh, and honest with her. So I that was that was very well done. I will I will hats off to them because. You you know, and again, props to Joseph Sakura. Like he he did his he did his acting on this one, uh, where he, you know, he he freezes. He's a deer in headlights, and he goes to the 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 pain of having to, because I think this is really since Tasha, if he ever actually had that conversation, which I don't, I mean, kind of they kind of did at the during one of those episodes of uh, Ghost. But, like, this is the first person outside of Tasha where he had to, like, express what happened to Keisha um, and show, you know, show some real emotional uh, damage behind it. Uh, And she, again, knowing the life, she's she she's open to hearing it and she receives it. Uh, But she also tips him off that, yeah, Miguel, Miguel's coming for what you what you want. I mean, coming for 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 you. She's trying to move you out because she knows you're coming. He's coming. You're coming for his spot. That was a lot of jumble. My my bad, listeners. But um, this is and this is where it gets a little choppy for me. She was like, "I don't care what he wants. Like, I want you alive." Um, which I understand on some Romeo and Juliet type stuff, but at the same time, she has to know who she's talking to. Like. He's not above killing your brother and still trying to be with you as if that's not an issue. How did you feel about this scene? I mean, I mean it's the same way for both of them, though, because like she knows they both want the same thing. They both want to be like the man and she knows neither one of them is above killing the other to do it. 
Um, I mean, I guess the only thing she like, especially her brother doesn't even know she's dating Tommy. So him killing Tommy would be no big deal to him. I mean, even if he knew he was dating, it would be no big deal. But the other way around, maybe she's saying this so Tommy will take it easy on her brother. Um, but she clearly doesn't know Tommy, even though she is so desperately in love with him. Um, but yeah, she, uh, she, she, she's definitely made her choice. Uh, because she has to know that telling Tommy that the brother wants to, cause she knows the brother said he's going to kill Tommy. It's not no, it's not like she said, Oh, I'm just going to like remove him or let, not let him be a part of the gang. He said, I'm going to kill him. Um, uh, so she's made her choice. She got to know that, you know, neither one of these are people to be likely to play with. So we'll see how it turns out. Um, you know, but we not, we probably gonna get a Romeo and Julio in it. Cause I don't think she's going to make it long either. She'll be dead soon, I think. All Tommy's girlfriends die. Uh, sadly. Sadly. Um, even the girls who aren't his girlfriend but are friends. Yep. One up for Liliana. Oh, yeah, she gone too. Yep. So while this is going on, uh, Miguel is meeting with Diamond to pitch him on this merger, but also asks him to, to you know, make a decision. Like, if we do this, Tommy's got to go. Mm-hmm. And Diamond is, he's somewhat thinking it over um which was very well acted on uh that that particular i don't know his real name that actor's part but while this is going down abuelita goes to take miguel's car to go home um right hand man nunez our our reoccurring bald character with a I believe he shaved his eyebrows. He either shaved his eyebrows or he has alopecia. Yeah, I think um, he got alopecia. Possibly. Uh, he he was the last person with his car, and he allegedly brought it back. And it's one of those things you know is coming. Uh, uh, she gets in the car, and boom. Down goes Abuelita. Um which was crazy. Um, but at the same time, like, she's been a part of this life. She knows what the deal is. Um, obviously, she's not going to suspect, you know, someone hitting, hit, trying to hit her grandson, uh, let alone her her grandson's right-hand man. Um, and it was this was this was tough. Uh, we got our first strike from the Serbs, and they're they're hitting, they're coming out swinging, which we know they do. Because they ran up in a in a project with grenade launchers, so how did you feel about that scene? Yeah, I mean, and, little... uh, from there, go ahead and go ahead and take us into the girl power meeting. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a little bit shocking. I didn't think the grandma was going to get blown up. I mean, that was a little twist. Uh, I mean, I figured they were kind of going too heavy about giving her a ride, and she had to borrow a car suddenly and all that type of stuff. So it probably should have been like foreshadowing. But I wasn't really expecting her to get blown up. I wasn't even thinking about it. Um, but she's gone. Um, and like you said, uh, that was like his, not only his grandmother, but also like his, uh, advisor. Um, so we got to see where Miguel's going to go moving forward. Um, as far as like his mindset and, and just being able to function in the game without, in his own words, the thing he loved more than anything else. So I'm curious to see how it's going to go. Um, and then we transition to the next scene where, uh, I, I guess it's a three way girl power trio, um, where, uh, Sean C is getting the news that Claudia is getting herself embedded with a new cartel, um, which is in di- direct violation of CBI's connection with their car retail. But she still wants her to be a part of it. She wants her to drop the other CBI. groups, yeah. leave CBI, join up, power as the girl group, and um, 
and see what they can do with it. And then another thing that's going to definitely set up something will happen to this white girl. The other white girl is too involved. Uh, she's too eager to be in it. She's like, I can get the money. Y'all don't have to worry about it. I'm ready to do it. She calling people bitches and shit. Um, so this is another one. They setting this girl up to be taken out in some type of weird way. Either taken out or getting spooked so bad that she's the one talking to the police. Um, but at the end of it all, it seems like we have a, a, a this girl group is going to keep growing in power um, because Shanti, at least to Claudia, says she's down with the deal. Um, and she'll figure out the rest of it um, as far as the connection with CBI as they move forward. What did you think of it? I thought it was interesting. Um, again, we're seeing business partner Claudia coming clean and telling her, hey, this is what happened. Um, it was an opportunity. And I went for it. Like you said, you know, I took a shot. Um, and we get Elise stepping up because realistically, uh, Elise should be as hands off as possible because... As far as we know, she doesn't really know anything about this life. Right. Um, she should at be most, she should be, yeah, she should be at most a silent investor who gets to party every now and then, kicks in her money and gets her, her return on investment. And that's it. She shouldn't be, you know, stepping up on big moves like this, especially with a cartel. Um, I've been in love before. Just shooting ahead. I ain't never been that in love. Uh, so... But yeah, as you said, you know, she's, you know, I, 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 at some point she was going to have to, you know, not necessarily step up to, but she couldn't, she couldn't let Shanti punk her forever. Mm-hmm. Um, it took a while, but even Braden to us, to a small degree, stepped, stood up to, K, uh, to not Kanan, uh, Kane. Um, so, you know, it was, you know, I, at some point I do see her getting a little too mouthy with Shanti and getting beat up. That's if she doesn't get shot first. Um, I could easily see her dying next episode where Tommy's uh, busting shots and she takes one for, for Claudia. But, um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. She, she's in too deep. Um, I don't think she's going to get a long, a long uh, storyline like Brayden. Uh, she is expendable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so meanwhile, at the Egan residence, Kate is off the wagon um, and we find out that Darnell has escaped from the school, uh, beating up people right. and, uh, refusing and breaking out of facilities. Uh, you got anything on that? No, you know, I have to about that family and this whole, all this deep max stuff in this episode was just weird to me. Um, you know, I guess they had to bring him back at some point, but they don't do nothing to make us care about J for JP for, I don't know why they waste JP's time. Uh, he comes in every once in a while. He gets yelled at by somebody. Either his son or his brother or his mom. He apologizes. He's all normal, nervous. Um, I'm, I'm just sick of JP as a character. And then Kate, uh, you, you know, we, she was using the fact that he was dead to get back on drugs. We thought they may get her back off of him. It clearly didn't work. She's still a mess. Um, and I'm just sick of anything that's Tommy's personal family life. They can leave that out the show. They can, they can cancel that for season three. I don't need to see no more of it. I, I wish they would have handled it a little better. Um, of all, like, most of the series is rushed, but that's the most rushed stuff. To where it's just like, it's just kind of there. So, uh, we get our Bonnie and Clyde meeting. 
um, after a sparring session where they're just kind of trading notes on what's going on. Um, Shanti comes clean on, well, not necessarily come clean, but she kind of relays to that to Jannard that like, you know, there's a new cartel in play, and um, she's Jannard's like, well, maybe we're on the we're on the wrong side of this, and she's like, no, we're on the right side because she she doesn't have faith that Claudia can maintain this. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's like, at some point we'll just you know we'll slow her down. And then we'll we'll make our move. To which Diamond is not excuse me not Diamond. Jannard's like maybe we should keep you know Diamond around a bit. Um, and this is where it it took a slight left with me because like she's she she doesn't seem adamant. Well, no, excuse me. It doesn't seem like she doesn't just want Diamond out. It sounds to me like she wants Diamond dead. Which is wild to me on two two reasons. One, Diamond ain't do anything to her worthy of him needing to be killed. And two, you're asking Jannard to kill his brother for you. To pretty much write his write your own brother off as you know dead to you um, over a dispute where realistically. If anyone should have killed anyone, it should have been Diamond killing Jannard for all the, the, the things he pulled. Um, and we get a little bit of pushback. And I think the the one thing I, I really did like about this particular scene, and I'm going to let you talk about it and then talk to her, talk about her, her reporting to Tommy and that outcome, is that, like, he finally called her out on, like, she gets real aggressive when it's, like, when she doesn't, uh, when she doesn't agree with him. Like, her disagreements, she... She tries to like she she gets like real aggressive and she tries to like dominate him, but like on some almost on some schoolyard bully shit sometimes. Like she'll uplift him, but when she disagrees with him, she tries to like beat him like verbally beat him down like he's weak. And I'm glad he called her out on that. Like, why do you you know, why do you always push up on me like that? Um, how do you how did you feel about that scene? And go ahead and tell her reporting to Tommy. Yeah, that was my only real note was that like she's she goes crazy aggressive on him sometimes, um, and I don't understand it. Um, and I'm glad that he finally did say something about it because it does happen like way too often where like they'll be having like a normal conversation and then maybe like okay a slight disagreement and she'll just be like you bitch uh, you know what I'm saying not like exactly she'll call him a bitch but she'll be like extremely like crazy with it. Um, she might so, as well. Yeah. yeah. So I'm glad did. that they kind of finally like made him say something about it like yo chill out like you don't have to be kind of bossing up on me like that like we we, we just have like a civilized conversation um so that, that's definitely what it is um and then she also in line of what their new plan is to let tommy in the loop she does go to tommy she lets him know that the new cartel action is going on um and like what should they do and he comes up with the plan of like hey get more like he's not knocking off course get more deep in it and basically the plan now is like to help me get closer to Claudia and his goal to like taking her out and also hurting the Serbs even more. I act like you're down with the plan. Basically you're out of CBI. Uh, you quit CBI. We're enemies on the streets, even though we still have this secret alliance behind doors. Um, did you have any words on that quick Tommy's instructions or? Um, I just thought it was kind of funny how her, her plan worked a little too well. Um, because now she went from double agent to now she's under deep cover. And you could see it in her face. She was just like, shit, like, now I'm really in it. Like, now 
um i'm i'm playing i'm playing like two roles but now it's even more believable and you you didn't remove me from from something i'm trying to take over which and then it, there's something about the way tommy plays his scene with her and the first time like like he flips her or they they come to flip i feel like tommy's on to her um a part of me feels like he he's doing this to keep her in one lane so he can he can see what she's up to like i feel like now i'm not saying that tommy's a type that would actually read the art of war or 48 laws of power or anything like that but he's been in the game long enough that like i think he knows he he's he's evolved a lot more from book one to where i think he has a better he he he's increased his ability to see someone playing a long game mm -hmm. um but we'll see we'll see i just i just i the, the main thing i took from him is that like her ambition got the better of her much like claudia um so we get we get a real quick scene where again the feds as usual are heavy handing Vic and it, I was waiting for Vic to just be like man just just take me to jail because every time I come here y'all ask me to do something more risky and more dangerous with with the worst kind of time limit on it it's like now you're as we like we talked about you're you're pretty much begging for me to get caught like you 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 want this to blow up like you're trying to get me killed you got anything on that? Nah, nah. It's more the same. I think we talked about their heavy handedness you know, multiple, multiple times. So I still think the same way about it. Uh, we get the the funeral, and this was pretty much just more of Tommy doing too much. Yeah. Um, like that's the one thing that I I. It's just weird to me that like they'll give Tommy these these flashes of tact. And brilliance where he's just like he's you know being respectful and playing things smartly and then they'll every now and then they'll offset it with him just being impulsive like <clears throat> I don't think Tommy would be I mean we you know even at the, the quinceanera like a quinceanera and a, and a funeral of a lady that ain't even in the ground yet I don't think Tommy would be this this evolved Tommy would be so turned up that he you know that he wouldn't at least wait until like the repass or just like the day after to like to pitch him wanting to get at uh whoever killed her right or even um, when chase like chill he still yeah. wouldn't chill he yeah. like was doubling down on it so yeah i mean it was a, it was a too heavy-handed a little bit too much um and sometimes they, these be the choices that i don't understand what they make on the show because it doesn't make any sense like I, I can see him pushing forward, push forward, but I'm not going. I'm not seeing him pushing forward at the lady's funeral, especially. Okay, he don't give a damn about the grandma from uh, Miguel's point of view. That's still your girlfriend or the, the lady you claim you loves, grandma. You and I know you can't show it publicly, but you think you would have showed a little bit more sympathy for the lady, other than like let's just talk about business, let's just get our revenge. Um, so Tommy, some like you said, sometimes he seems smart, and other times he's the same old dumb Tommy. So we'll see how it turns out long term. But Che was definitely not going for uh, anything Tommy was selling that particular day. Yeah, that was Miguel's hit. Um, just on principle. He killed his... Someone killed his grandmother. 
So it's it's only right that he gets the he gets the lick back. Um, but yeah, it was just it was just too much. So we get a real quick scene. The barbershop is being raided and searched. Um, the one time there's nothing in there. Every other time they yeah. got all types of stuff in that barbershop. And I think this was this was one of those things. It's an off screen thing. I think they they played it smart. Like, but this is. And this, I'm about to say something I literally heard us talk about however many years ago. Um, what I'm about to say is us filling in the blanks for them. Um, I would assume that once, you know, they killed the PO and cleaned up the scene, they probably cleared out everything downstairs because they know or they knew that like, yeah, I'm on his list of, uh, of parolees. They're going to come by here at some point. So that's you know, that's smart on their part, but at the same time, it's like, I'm filling in that blank. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Gennard comes through and, and gives him an alibi. Um, now I got a feeling that, I don't know if that's going to come back to haunt them um, in the grand scheme of things, but, you know, we get another brother brotherly moment. And I, I kind of like the fact that he immediately comes clean. He was like, yeah, I killed my P.O. I, I messed up and killed my P.O., um, and Gennard delivers the news that, like, yeah, the kid you're looking for, he's connected. Um, he's not in the game, but he's connected, which Diamond's like, all right, we'll we'll figure that out. But there's something else I need you to help me out with, and that's the person that, that snitched to my P.O. How did you feel about the uh, the barbershop raid? Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, it's common sense that they would come looking for him. Um, as far as the extra PO, she was really heavy handed. I'm surprised she would so easily take. And I don't know what Jernal's criminal history is. Maybe he's never actually been busted. Um, but the, of course your brother would say he was with you. Like, I'm not going to just believe the brother. We need to do a little bit more deeper research than that. And maybe that is something that comes back in later episodes. But him just saying, yeah, he was with me. That's the end of it. I'm, I'm sorry. You, you can't tell me a PO or missing. Uh, you're the likely suspect, and I'm just going to believe the fact that your brother said you was good. So, okay, of course. Why would your brother have any reason to lie? Um, so we'll see if that's going to come back long term. But that's that's what it was. Once again, it was two brothers, uh, despite their differences in the past, showing up for each other. Um, and that's is ideally what family is about. Um, you know, the support system, if you need them, they're there for you. And whether that's, you know, take you to the airport or lying to a person about a murder you committed, I guess it all is it all it's all the same when it comes to like family situations. <laughs> hey, fair enough, fair enough. So we get a real quick scene, uh, which it it doesn't really serve for much. Tommy asks Maria to stay with him, um, gives her the keys to the to the to the compound, all mm-hmm. the codes and whatnot. He wants to keep her safe. Which, understandably so. Uh, the only thing this really does is that it helps Tommy get a name. Uh, Maria drops a name for him. And, you know, he, he gets his his uh, Riddler grin, his Joker smirk. Um, nothing, nothing really he- heavy in that particular scene. Nah. Why don't you talk about Jamal's trip to the beach? Oh, yeah, Lake Michigan. Um, who's Jam- His name is Jamal? Yep. All right, I don't even know the guy's name. I never even bothered to learn it. Um, but we get another uh, scene where they, um, they, they take, like I said, they take a trip to the beach. It's, it's Diamond. It's Jannard. I guess it's Jamal. Um, 
And I think this is Diamond taking that hurt and pain and, and rage from Leon and it's misplaced because um, the father wasn't good, but the father's not really the reason Leon is dead. Um, honestly, it probably is closer to Diamond being the reason he's dead. If he'd have just been listening to his father, he probably would have just been a coward that would have stood up for himself and been bully feather, but he wouldn't be dead right now. Um, so I think it's just misplaced rage. And it went way further than I thought it was. I thought he was going to like beat him up a little bit or maybe scare him away. But he ended up going reckless and crazy and drowning the man in Lake Michigan. And, um, another thing, the weird thing was like the, the, um, first is Jannard's face when he's doing the action. I think it went from like a smile to like, oh, no, nah, now it's like this dude is crazy. Um, so I was like, oh, he was doing like that thing that Tommy did when he had sliced the, uh, the PO's throat. And I was like, oh, now he's like, oh, maybe the real diamond is back. But I think he kind of went from, okay, this is a kind of hype to this might have went too far. Like, what are you doing, bro? Um, and, you know, now we definitely aren't going to see the mother again. Because now she done lost her poor son and his father. That lady probably wouldn't have been a mental institution um, with this loss. What you, would you think of that whole interaction, though? Um, yeah, I, I thought they were just going to rough him up. Um, because, you know, you saw how, how happy Gennard was for that. Uh, but, yeah, the moment he, you know, he, he flips that switch, um, which excellent line delivery, where he was like, you got my son killed. And he was like, no, you did that. Um, and like you said, it, it perfectly put, he, he gets his release. Um, he gets to take out his frustration. And, yeah, uh, grand scheme, it's, for most of it's misplaced. Um, I don't say I only I don't say all of it because if if Dad doesn't snitch, PO doesn't show up, and PO doesn't get sliced. Granted, Diamond shouldn't have been drunk and and you know with covered in drugs and money, but um, he's you know the Dad's the one who who you know he snitched and put put the PO on his on his trail. Um, but yeah, you see, you see, you think he's just going to dunk him in a few times and like either scare him or just, you know, continue to beat him up. But like he sees what his brother's doing and how far he's going. And you see that even in the darkness, you see that like Gennard's like, oh, my brother's my brother might be gone. Um, and the fact that they just left the body. So I'm like, OK, this is a problem because uh, they, they definitely tied him up. Um, and we might see the mother again because she might point the finger that like, yeah, um, this guy, you know, was hanging out with my son and unfortunately due to him being around him, uh, he ended up getting killed, which I still feel like is super foul to put it on diamond. Um, and he also beefed with my, with my baby daddy. Now he's dead. So we'll we, we might see her again. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Down goes Jamal. Will not be missed. Uh, we get a quick scene where Vic plants the bug, and we can <laughs> we can we can blaze over this next scene because I, I you already have expressed your feelings on the family. Uh, JP finds Darnell, and my notes were pretty short, but it's a fiery exchange uh, where I feel like it was misplaced. I feel like if they'd have actually built up their story a bit more this would have been a great acting moment for the young man playing darnell but 
because it's like everything else, it's rushed, and this one has gotten the least amount of screen time. It just felt it just felt weird. It just turned into a, a soap opera really quick. Um, where Darnella's like, you know, why didn't you fight for me? Um, and but at the same time, it's like logistically, when you when you bring it back in, like nah. I mean, I get it. I, I understand your frustration, but <clears throat> in the grand scheme of things, you're in a you. Sorry, sorry, listeners. Darnell, you're in a fucked up position right now because I don't think you remember you killed a police officer. You shot a police officer in the back of the head. This is a screwed up situation. I understand it sucks on your end, but the smart move would be for for would have been for you to stay at least away, you know, not come right back. And this is that 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 kid brain. Where it's like he's not just, you know, he's not trying to make sure things are, are cool for him. He went back and just started playing playing video games with his with his CBI buddy who at one point at some point he's gonna want back in. So it's like it's uh because it's it's been kinda handled properly, it's just a mess. And I I, I don't fault you for wanting to to be done with JP and the Egan family. Um you got anything on that? Nah, not really. I mean, you said it's just a lot of yelling at JP, and I feel like they've had that conversation before. They already had a conversation about three or four times about why did you abandon me and all that type of stuff. So we've we've been there, we've done that. I just don't care. Fair enough. So we get uh we get Tommy pretty much putting the fear uh putting the fear up under Vic's boots, talking about snitches and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And uh they get to run up. They get the drop on uh, Nunez. Um, I think the only thing that's really worth discussing is Vic doing some. The actor playing Vic, doing some pretty good acting uh, with the the uneasiness, but also trying to keep it together. You got anything on that? No, I mean, but you talking about the actual the thing of Nunez. Um, we got a who deal shout out. Oh, we're gonna get to that? okay. But then we'll talk about that. We, when we, we get gonna to. get to that. All right. Well, cool. well, well, it's gonna be right up next. Yeah. Uh, because the next scene, I know you don't care about. The only thing I cared about with JP and Kate was that JP made things right with Kate. Um, he accepted her her amends. Mm-hmm. And I think without saying it as much, he he recognized just how complicated Kate is. And he gave her a little bit of grace. And he also took responsibility for his part in... Even though he didn't say it, but like, yeah, you're, she's responsible, but you're also, your actions are partly responsible for how she ended up back in the state because she was doing the work. Again, it's her responsibility, but I'm not going to pick up no crack pipe. But if I found out that my, my sons killed my grandson, uh, you know, at least that's what they allowed me to think I might down a whole bottle of something. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I appreciate them at least fixing that. Um, he comes clean is like he's back, but you can't see him. And I'm going to make things right. Um, so I, I appreciate that much of it. You got anything of that? Nah, I think you pretty much summed it up pretty well. OK, um, go into what you were about to talk to. I, know, I was just saying like uh, so they get into the scene with uh, Nunez and they're torturing him, trying to get the information. 
we find out what Tommy wanted to do with that knife. Um, yeah. But I, the thing that, that kind of made, he, he, it was a shout out to Julio. Because uh, he talked yeah. about um, how Julio got his tattoo cut off when uh, Recipes Julio back in the original Power. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I forgot who did it, but I remember when they did it. Um, Toros Locos. Yeah, yeah, they took him out. Um, and that's all it took. He started cutting that tattoo. Uh, and, and Nunez was quick to snitch. He gave up all the information. Yes, it's true. He's worked for the Serbs. Um, and I guess it was kind of what the grandma was talking about. If you don't treat your people well and they feel like they're being replaced, they're not going to be as loyal to you as they wanted to be. And that's what Nunez is, driven by greed and also, I guess, the the feeling of disrespect that he wasn't getting his shine in the um, organization led him to betray his boss uh, and led to the grandmother getting killed. Did you have any thoughts on it? Uh, no, nah, you, you covered it all precisely. Um, I was I was happy about the, the Julio shout-out. Um, again, R.I.P. Julio, you deserve better and you deserve more screen time. Um, but, yeah, everything you said, like he was he was a guy who'd been down since day one and he was seeing another guy, not just an outsider, but someone come up out of the blue and move up right in front of him. Um, not to say that, you know, I condone disloyalty, but um, I saw where, you know, you, you can't, I mean, I'm not going to say you can't fault him, but from a writing standpoint, makes sense. Uh, so, yeah, he gives up the the info on the hit. It's, of course, happening in about five minutes because, of course. Um, and it gets spoiled. Um, Miguel and them roll, roll up, but they, they've already been tipped off just in time. Right. Uh, at least these guys, this shootout had people, like, taking cover. Because, yeah, that last one when Mirkovic comes up and he's standing in the middle of all of them completely exposed and no one at least clips him or you know gets a, a a flesh wound on him i'm like this was it was too much yeah uh, i mean it's still goofy though like they're coming in no mask on they're shooting up a public restaurant and i get it it's like okay this is a, a criminal's restaurant but it's still like y'all out here blowing stuff up shooting stuff up nobody don't got a mask on nobody hiding and of course magically uh Merkowitz sneaks out a glass back door um you know to get you know Somehow Tommy's plan still works somehow. Uh, that they aren't able to stop this guy or take this guy out. Uh, when they had the upper hand and all they had was literally like a 30 second before it all went down call, uh, to kind of save the day. Uh, so that was another example of like TV logic that does not really make any full sense. Um, but you know, we still got to have some suspicion, disbelief just to keep things moving. Any thoughts on like the shootout itself, the blotch hit? Um, it didn't shock me that they had a, a little secret passageway just because, you know, I've watched enough TV and movies that like, OK, you know, I, if I have a an extensive criminal network, you know, I'm going to have a secret exit of my my main lair. Um, so, you know, I just I, I liked this this shootout being a little more realistic mm-hmm. Um even with the guy trying to advance and getting blindsided by the guy hiding behind the corner. Uh, but, yeah, I, I was more pleased with this shootout than some of the past ones. Uh, so from there, we, we get to pretty much what we talked about earlier. Um, Elise has genuine feelings for Claudia, um, which just all but assures her her death clock has begun. Uh, because if... They they better not try to make us care about this relationship. There's been so many failed relationship attempts 
Um, we have no business wasting time trying to care about this one. Uh, but this is also Claudia's personal victory. She feels independent for the first time in her criminal adult life. And she feels like there's no one holding her back. Vic, his, she hasn't talked to Vic since what? However, it's been a few episodes since she's talked to him since, since her, her failed betrayal. Mm -hmm. Uh, Da is no more. And she's been truly on her own. And she's found a little, a little team that, uh, she, she kind of believes in and she feels like she can actually make some moves and do some stuff on her own. Um, how did you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I, they they really trying to force this relationship and make us care about it. Um, we get randomly introduced to this woman, and now she's madly in love with her. Wasn't doing anything for her, so you know that's setting up something for something bad to happen to her. Um, and I think that's like just a theme across this show. People are not gonna be happy in relationships um, that are a part of this lifestyle. Um, but do I care about it? No, because like this woman came out of nowhere. They didn't do anything to, to establish this establish their past really establish why they are why this woman is willing to sacrifice so much for her and i get it oh i'm in love with her but i'm I'm sorry you can't tell me a lady who is not about criminal activities who is basically a a well to do um comes from a family of money is going to get this heavily invested in trying to sell drugs just for love uh it it doesn't comply it doesn't compete with me but we'll see how it turns out at all and the wildest part about it is it's it's the Braden parallel but oddly enough as ridiculous as both of these lines are I believe Braden's intentions more um just because Braden you know he did it as a little risky side hustle in high school and and in college now granted he found himself in way too deep it made more sense than this girl who who could literally, you know, from the looks of it, could hop on a jet and be anywhere in the world she want and be, you know, a part of whatever life she wanted to get into this this life that could get her killed at a moment's notice over quote unquote love yeah. from middle school. Right. Um, so, yeah, ridiculous. Uh, but we'll see. Like I said, her clock is ticking. Tick tock. We'll see what happens to her. Um. We get a real quick scene. Tommy delivers Nunez and again ranks up. Um, more importantly, we see Che just verbally bashing Miguel because this botched hit is, it's unfortunately an L. Even though it's not his fault, um, he had people he didn't know working against him. Uh, but it makes it even worse when Tommy shows up with the snitch and the info that the that he was a snitch and Shay full on asks him, like after pretty much telling him that like you messed up this hit, us cutting him off was your idea, and there's a new cartel in town, and we can't afford to to go, you know, head up in a war with another cartel. Right. Like this is a bad situation and it's your fault. Um, at least on the surface. Uh and he asked him, like, how did this white boy from out of town that nobody knows, how did he get the drop on on the guy, a snitch in your organization, your right-hand man. So Tommy's plan comes in the full bloom. He's ranked up, and he's made Miguel look uh, look weak in the process. Yeah. yeah. How would you feel about it? I mean, like I said, it's, it's, 
uh, things have been working out really well for Tommy, especially in this episode, even though he's doing a lot of weird stuff. Uh, even this, the fact that he could even just walk into their, with their headquarters at any given time, um, given what's been going on is a little odd. Um, but yeah, it seems like everything is going the way Tommy wants it to go. He, uh, was able to stop, um, Miguel from succeeding. He was able to endure himself even more than Che. Um, and he got Miguel to look like a fool in front of Che. So we'll see what's going to happen long term. Um, is, is all this going to lead to, uh, Che turning his organization over to this white boy? I don't know about all that, but we got to see how it's going to play out. But so far, Tommy's plan is coming full, exactly the way he wanted to come. Um, but we'll see, but you know, Tommy always has a way of uh, sometimes getting a little too cocky and, and, and finding ways to blow things up. So we'll see how it turns out, though. Got that right. <laughs> it's just a matter of time, given his track record. Uh, so from there, we get two scenes that are kind of blotomy. Uh, Maria wants to run away to Barcelona. So it's like, okay, I hope you make it. Tommy yeah. ain't. Yeah. Tommy ain't going. One way or another. Um I, I wouldn't be mad if by the end of this series we get the the meanwhile in Barcelona and she's living her best life. Um with Tommy's secret love child. That's the <laughs> Of course. Because of course. Uh but she's with the she's with the doctor whose hands have whose hands have healed. Mm-hmm. Um and this leads to the uh, the law enforcement couple who are listening to it. And this pretty much just gives us a weird sex scene um, right. that I just didn't. It's weird on so many about. levels because like I don't like uh, this. The lady who plays the task force lady is um, on the shot too, which is another good show. People, if you, um, I know you don't watch the shot, but the shot is another good show. But in the shot, she is a a a, a masculine lesbian. Uh, so, and I think that's what she is in real life. And I get it; it's acting, but it just was weird. If you know her as Dre, the whole scene is just really weird. But they have a quick sex scene, which is fine. Uh, they got really turned on by listening to Intel. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> maybe that's a police thing. Talk. I guess so. Um, but yeah, a quick scene. Um, but yeah, hey, getting it in. Nothing wrong with that. In the office at that. Right. How the door was locked. Now I'm just like cautious of all, pub- not necessarily public, but all business settings. Like, how- when's the last let me all wipe this counter down because mm-hmm. people be having sex everywhere um, allegedly uh, we get a quick scene back at the loft where he's he's gotten he's gotten contact from the lawyer who wants to meet up and Maria says I love you in her sleep and I gave the hardest of eye rolls yeah, because silly. it's completely unearned uh, so from there we, we're at the at the barbershop where Diamond is no longer on parole. He's he's freed. He's passed. Uh, which I was just like, this is a little awkward. I'm surprised they didn't. He got early release, right? Which I'm like, I don't see how. Yeah, I'm sorry. Your the PO, PO get missing. Yeah, your PO go missing. Yeah. Both two that get cleared out. We both we of your POs have come up missing. Who's his other PO? Uh, Seamus. Seamus wasn't a PO. Seamus was just a dirty cop. You sure? Yeah, he was just a dirty cop. Seamus wasn't a PO. He was a cop. I knew he was a cop, but I could have sworn he was his PO. I guess. Nah, not. he wasn't his PO. He was he was blackmailing him because he knew he had um he was doing the sort the dirty drugs to his sister, 
And I don't know how he could blackmail about a crime that he was already commic- convicted of. But he wasn't his PO. He was just a dirty cop. Hmm. Well, your your PO, your current PO, vanished on you. Right. And, and you're the last somehow, person he was supposed to be yeah, involved with. A person a, a affiliated with a dangerous, violent organization. And you somehow get early release. Yeah. Well, not, All right. Not until they figure out what happened to the PO. Right. I mean, cheers to you. I, I mean, big ups. Uh, so we get... We get Jannard low-key planting the seeds of dissent from Tommy because it his his reasoning is valid. I'm your brother. We've had our stuff, but like I'm I've always been here for you, you've always been here for me. Um and he's kind of low-key planting the seeds that kind of kind of tiptoe with what Miguel was talking like. This outsider is coming through and he's making a lot of moves on your behalf. So, like, what's the deal? And Diamond, he's trying to be a good business partner. And he's like, you know, he, he stepped up. But I'm glad you're back. Uh, but then we also find out that the kid that killed Leon is the guy in jail from the rival gang that they made peace with. King Kilo mm-hmm. is his nephew. So now Diamond has a choice to make. Like, do I do I honor Leon fully and pretty much screw up? this coalition for revenge or do I let it go? Um, any thoughts on that? And why don't you take us into that last scene? Now nah, it's going to be an interesting thing to see how that turns out. But, um, Jernot not only was talking about how I'm your brother. He also made a great point. Tommy has made a lot of independent moves, uh, that Dominus has, hasn't agreed with when they're supposed to be partners. He, he does a lot of stuff on his own that he doesn't inform Dominus about. Or he tells Diamond about way after the fact. Um, so, you know, and also Diamond doesn't know Tommy like that. I don't know how much time has passed because they know never make clean on the show, but he's known Tommy for all of them. I'm gonna give be generous and say six months. And that's a lot of trust to have somebody you don't really know, especially in the game that they're in. Um, and then we get into, you said the last scene. Uh, what's the kind of a combination of things? Uh, the, the lawyer gives him the information. They try to find out who the number belongs to. He wants it to be somebody else so badly. He tells him to check the yeah. record a couple of different times. Um, yeah. but it's only one, one outcome. Um, he finds out that Vic is the snitch. Um, not only through the records of the letter, but also once again, this AUSA is pushing him so hard to meet that he's once again meeting in the middle of public. Uh, and like not even calling them into the office, they just sitting in the truck together, talking about business. And of course, Tommy sees them together. Uh, so Vic is busted. How this plays out, we don't know. Um, because that's how the, the episode ends. But once again, this is a horrible move by people in law enforcement who are supposed to be the smart ones. They're supposed to be like plotting to take this thing down, but they keep doing recklessly dumb stuff, and it's a lot just on this Mars lady. Uh, what you think of the reveal, the whole interaction, the discovery that Vicky is a snitch? What you think about it? Um, I think it was well acted for sure. Um, you know, you see him going through the the motion of like, well, I'll be damned. It, it is Vic, and you know, I need to borrow your car. Um, this is a down ass lawyer, right? I need to that- my goddamn car. You better get on the Uber. Either that or she's, you know, she knows who she's dealing with and she's just, you know, it's a business decision because these guys are, are 
killers, yeah. and she knows this. Um, you always got these murky lawyers. Every yeah. every season, every series had some type of. Now she ain't on Proctor and um, what's his name Davis level just yet, but maybe Jenny Sue one day will be. Maybe I, I mean I don't mind her. She seems alright, uh, but yeah, um, and yeah, Tommy has made Vic. And again, like you said, like I can't stress it enough. From jump, we knew that these heavy-handed feds were going to get Vic killed. So <clears throat> it's just, you know it's just a matter of time, because um, like you said, now she she's forcing him to get them in the same space, the cartel or the Serbs or him in drugs. You know, make it happen, and it's the it's the fact that Vic knows how dangerous this is and how risky this is. But the fact that the feds keep trying to like downplay it, like, nah, you're gonna be fine. It's gonna be all right. We're gonna be good. It's like, bro, he's been in this life from birth. He knows what these people are capable of. He knows what happens to people in his position when they get made. And you know, you guys don't you guys don't do memorials for for CIs. Like you, you pretty much go, oh well, he was a snitch, so it is what it is, and he was in the life, so whatever. You know, he knows what's at stake here. So it's just it, Vic's clock is now back on TikTok. Um. So yeah, we we we're gonna see what happens next. Um. Final thoughts. Um. Well, it was an okay episode. Nothing really special. Um. But you said, like you said, a lot, you said earlier, a lot happened, but not a lot that was like. Oh man, this is fantastic! It was just like a lot of stuff going on. Um, so we had one episode to go. Uh, even from the preview, didn't see anything that was like like man, I can't wait to see this final yeah. episode either. Um, it was kind of like really dropping for this to be the season finale. Um, you you would think this is like episode three or four the way they playing it. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how it turns out. I mean, uh, we've been shocked and surprised uh, by good season finales in the past, so maybe they'll give us another one, but. So far, I'm not that excited about going into the last episode, as you should be uh, in a show that, that normally a show is really good. You, you're feeling two ways about a finale. You're excited that it is coming because you know something's going to happen, good is going to happen, but you're also a little kind of sad because you know like, whoa, this is the last episode. I might not see the show for a long, long time. Uh, but in this case, I'm like, okay, it's over. Let it just be over. But I don't, the excitement is just not there. Yeah. Pretty much echoing my final thoughts. It's just like I haven't I'm I'm not I haven't completely given up on it, but yeah, I'm not like, oh man, I can't wait for this. And like you said, the <clears throat> the preview ex- episode on the next episode just it just seems kinda I don't know. I I you you know us. We have no problem. I have no problem. If they completely swerve us and it's the most mind blowing thing. I will gladly get on this mic next week and be like, I was pleasantly surprised. I'm glad I was wrong. But right now, <clears throat> I'm worried that the last episode is just going to be is going to be lackluster. And I really hope I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and like I said, especially with the 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 state of of Hollywood right now, it's no telling when the show is coming back on. Um. As far as I know, they've been renewed. I don't. I haven't even looked into that. Yeah, maybe um, they need a break. It'll, it'll get them. This time, will get them together. If it's up to me, and you know, it, obviously, it's not what you want to hear. But like, if it's up to me, you you take a year off from 
from these two stories. Um, I'm, I'm not in, I'm, I haven't been watching Raising Canaan, um, but you take a year, you take a year off from from book two and four, and you do a time jump. Um, all right, you know our younger characters are a little older, um, things are a bit more solidified, and things are, and then you you re, you rebuild with your new conflicts. But that's just me. Um, I don't work in Hollywood. I'm not a writer. Who knows? Maybe one day. Uh, but time will tell. We got one more episode left. Um, I'm hoping to be surprised. I'm sure I'll be entertained, but I, I'm hoping to be more than entertained. I'm hoping to. I, I hope this episode leaves me wanting to to re, to take my 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 statement back and be like, I can't wait a year. Mm-hmm. Um. So as always, you can find this episode as well as others on the PLP podcast um, or under Conversations with Carlos D. Uh, you can find my podcast under the Off the Clock podcast, O-F-F-T-H-A Clock podcast, wherever you find podcasts. Signing off, I'm one half of your host, Triple D, and with me as always is... That's Carlos D. And we'll see you guys next time.